Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 51 of Fortset Indiana. I'm Jim Reamer, joined as always by Zach Tyler. Zach, are, are we back in school yet? Uh, meetings today and tomorrow. School starts on Wednesday with kids back. So basically back at it. So you are back in, is it completely in person? Or are you doing any hybrid? Are we, we're done with all that, right? I mean, we're, we are done with all that. Yeah, we are. And we are, masks are. I mean, at least uh, legally we're done with all that, right? I right, mean, COVID right. may have more to say about it, but. Yeah, our, and our policy is masks are recommended, but optional, but not, but not, uh, shoot, what is it? Required. Recommended, yeah, only, required. I think only Monroe County is requiring masks indoors. So it's, I don't know, it's, we're still not through it. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm only going to wear a mask when I'm asked to, um, but I'll do so politely and respectfully and, and, and trust that, you know, that people around me are, are the same. Hopefully we don't have people out there trying to be uh, tough guys about it. So. Anyway, right, right. enough of that crap. Let's get to the recruiting. We got two weeks worth. We we got a lot here. Yeah, I see. Over that. we we'll probably gloss over a couple of them, but uh, but uh, get us get us caught up on that, and we'll we'll touch on a few like we normally do, and then move on to we're going to talk some coaching changes today. So that's that's a new one. We do we we're running out of ideas leading into the season, so mm-hmm. this is a good time to talk about some coaching changes. So go ahead and get us updated on recruiting, and and we'll be good to go. Yeah, some uh, some more 2023 kids are starting to pick up the pace here with recruiting, getting some offers, uh, and then our our usual 2022s as well. Um, let's see, we've got Landon Beagle. He's a 2023 kid from Oak Hill. Got an IWU offer today. That's one of your guys. Yep. Uh, Caden Bontrager has gotten a couple D2 offers here recently. Trevecca Nazarene and Fairmont State. Uh, Xavier Booker and Joey Brown, both 2021s. Booker from Cathedral. Joey Brown, 2023. Joey Brown from North Central, uh, both got Illinois offers. Javon Buchanan, he's a Lafayette, Jeff kid, uh, Trinity Christian. Uh, that's an NAI in Chicago. And then he got a UND offer as well. Luke Carroll from Hamilton Heights, a Maryville offer. Wesley, you know, I might have to help me with this one, Floyd Central. Uh, I think it's Chelachowski. Chelachowski, nice. He got an Okay. It looks right. NAIA for Marion. <clears throat> Conwell continues his hot pace of picking up offers. Wichita State, Charlotte, and Nevada. Austin Kripe from up here closer to me. West Noble, he's a 2023. Uh, got a Goshen offer. AJ Dansler from Southport, Northern Illinois. Jace, uh, Jackson Edwards continues to pick up offers as well. Illinois State and Ball State. He's from Cathedral. Connor Siegen, of course, he also narrowed his list down. 
uh, in that in the time between then and now, he picked up a Wisconsin Minnesota offer, and I can circle back around and get to his top seven, uh, making top sevens now. Um, Marco Fitch from Bloomington North got a Knox offer. That's a D three. Joey Hart from Linton Drake offer. Jalen Jackson, Fort Wayne Northrop, Toledo offer. Carson Jenkins picked up a Goshen offer. And then also we broke the NAIA, or I'm sorry, broke the D1, broke into the D1 offers right. again, Alabama A&M offer. Hagan Nepp from Bar Reeve got a Grace offer. Aiden Lambert's uh, Makeham offer. Andrew Leeper, a Hope offer. And his brother, Grant Leeper, who's a 2023, also got a Hope offer. D3 in Holland, Michigan. Uh, Nickens Lemba from Southport is a big 2023 uh, IUPUI offer. Logan McIntyre committed to Evansville after he got that offer. <clears throat> He's from North Harrison. Julian Norris from Evansville, Bossy got a Moorhead State offer. Sam Orm, who's a 2023 Carmel kiddo, got a Western Michigan offer. Joe Reedy, Today got a from Woodland got a Kentucky Wesleyan offer. That's a D two, and then the Gerard brothers both committed to IUPUI. Uh, yeah, you, the let's see. I've got to get my Fort Wayne Snyder kids figured out before I say this. Jenkins breaking into a Division one offer. That's that's a good thing for him. I he's um, I mean Alabama A and M's got some Indiana ties. I'm not fully sure what it is, but when they recruited Cam Alford uh, that out of Brownsburg, that was definitely noted that there was some Indiana ties. Um, the Seijin, do we know his top set? What's his top seven? I didn't, I didn't see it. I it, these last three days have been some special kind of hectic for me. So <laughs> if you yeah, have so top seven, go ahead and read his it. His top off. seven. His top seven is Loyola, Butler, Wake Forest, Minnesota. Wisconsin, Creighton, and PFW. Okay. Yeah, Loyola. I've, we've got two guys that are up there, former players in our program, and they. One of them has reached out a few times asking me about Connor and what kind of kid is he? Obviously, he's a great kid. Do they have a chance? Of course, felt like they had a really good chance until the high major started clipping in, and then right. then all of a sudden he sends me a, a message. LOL. Looks like we looks like we were falling off the earth and. <laughs> but then here they are. They're they're part of the game. So, you know, him and Conwell. Conwell's got the Virginia Tech offer. He's got the high, the one high major offer. Um, you know, if you'd have told me both those guys were going to get high major offers, I would have. I mean, that's a different conversation, right? I mean, you you start looking at um, you start looking at almost what they can't do versus what they can do or i mean right right i think so yeah you, you hate to you hate to turn that into a negative because look i think i think the offers that conwell's got with wichita state charlotte nevada i think the the upper tier mid-major the, the the questionable borderline high major conferences I, I really think that's where conwell is is at a sweet spot i feel the same way about a season but but in, in the Seijin case, he's such a good shooter. He's got a high major skill. Conwell is – the more he's a point guard, the more of a high major I think he is. Um, 
he's just he went from not having anything to all of a sudden now obviously he's blowing up but he's I do think there's still some people that wonder what position he is and and obviously sometimes you the answer to that is we don't care um what position he is he's just good enough right right um but you know you talk about playing in a power six conference big east being the the, the power five plus big east the, the power five being the power five football then you had the big east and all that um you know of course we, you know the aac is is a great conference that's if you were going to say there were seven or eight high ma- definite high major conferences you would definitely throw wichita state in there i think nevada's got to be a part of that mix and and refresh my memory, what conference Charlotte's in? Are they in the AAC as well? Oh, good question. Good question. I'm not sure about that. Um, geez, we should talk about we should know that, right? One of us watches college basketball, right? Yeah, it's not me. Um, but anyway, my point there is, is that if you'd have told me that Conwell would have eventually, especially watching him play, um, you know, watching him flourish you know, through, through his junior year at Pike. And I thought he was a definite division one guy. Now you're talking about high majors and things like that. (laughs) It's a different conversation, but, but then you look at, I just think that that he's, it's a good level for him would be that borderline, um, borderline low or borderline mid borderline high uh, conference. That's, I guess that's where I'm going with it. I kind of feel the same way about Connor. But he's such a good shooter. Um, he's he definitely has that one. He definitely has that one high major skill. And I think the other part he's going to work on. You know, he's he's going to be a willing defender at any level, um, and he's just going to have to figure it out athletically. And, and sometimes that's just a bias that we have on kids that sometimes come from smaller schools because they don't have a great way to show consistently that they can do it. Now, I've only watched him play a couple of games um, in the summer this year where normally I've watched him a lot, but, but he's obviously doing very well on that end of the ball because, or that side of the ball, because I, I don't think he'd be getting these offers if he wasn't at least, um, if he wasn't at least, um, you know, in the ballpark. Right. Right. So, right. And Charlotte's conference USA for the record. Okay. So that's, that's still right up there. One of the top 10 leagues in the, in the country. So he's, that's a definite, that's that borderline mid low, you know, they're not really a power conference, but, but they definitely are multi-bid league. So right. uh, Joe Reedy finally pulls a division two offer, right? That's his first one. Correct. Yeah. Otherwise he's got the NAI offers. Yeah. I, I, to me, it's, to me, he's a no brainer in the GLVC. And I think if you're to some level, if you're a low D one, you want to skill power forward, that's definitely got to be looking at. And then the two commit, the three commitments, Logan McIntyre is a kid who I've thought for a while has been a low D one guy. And, uh, you know, I think the only thing that maybe keeps him from being a mid is just maybe his strength and his body. And you look at him and wonder how much strength he can put on. Um, a lot of that he can't control or some of that he can't control, but I think Evansville very, very aggressive with this one and his commitment there. I, they're going to look really smart in a couple of years. I think he's going to be, be good for them. He's six four. He's springy. He can score all three levels. Um, he is um, extremely good off ball screens. At least he was in June, uh, and the times I've seen him in July. But you know, when you look in June, there's a little bit more game planning, a little bit more scheming. Um, 
in some of that um, in some of that Charlie Hughes stuff because you know obviously they're playing with their school coaches and and game to game those guys are you know they are you know they're they're putting in systems and it's good to see him play with the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, the Gerard twins was not surprised at all that Armand committed the IUPUI. Uh, he was obviously committed three days before his brother did. Um, Ahmad had some more options and definitely was not surprised that he committed the IUPUI either. But, you know, you wondered, um, you know, what do you strike out and, and, and want to play? You know, do they, I mean, would they agree to play separately? I don't know. Um, obviously, they, they wanted to play together. And that's a big part of it. But um, I was happy to see Ahmad go to IUPUI and both those guys being there. Of course, I'm really happy for both of them. I coached their father. So I enjoy, it was kind of neat to see. It's been neat to see them play this spring and summer because they're they're really good and, and they were getting the recognition they deserve. So uh, anything stand out? Any of these others you want to chit-chat about? We're, we're kind of two weeks behind. So, yeah, I mean, Kevin Bontrager getting those D, D2 offers, that, that seems about right for me. Um uh, and I, I mean, I could see him in a crossroads league if he chose to stay there, stay closer to home and do the NAI level. That wouldn't be an issue either. Um, uh, let's see. Andrew Leeper, the D3. I feel like he's more of an NAI, probably D2 kid also. Uh, I know he wants to probably commit before uh, season starts. I've talked to him a couple times. Uh, and then AJ Dantzler, I mean, he's one I've, I've only seen a couple times. So... You could probably speak to him more than I could. The Northern Illinois offer. Do you do you think that's good for him? Yeah, Is that I I do. I I, okay. I really do. I think he's he'll get a chance. He's more of a playmaker than what I think he gets viewed as. He, the, the teams he plays with, even his school team, and of course, you know, this it's just the nature of the beast in Indiana and at any in any state. Is you know, he plays with other good guards. So sometimes right. it's hard to see his playmaking ability and, and he's, he's got decent size. He can probably play off the ball at that level. Um, I, I think he's still more of a natural point guard and, you know, he's just, he, he doesn't really get a chance to be that guy. Um, Southport needs different things from him, which that's understandable. They've got Keon Miller, who's a good guard too. Uh, the summer team he's with the George Hill group, they've got two or three other guards, two, especially kids that play the point. So he's got a share of duties there, um, you know, and, and look, there's a lot of good point guards in that class. So I think any, not that he would change teams, but any, anywhere he would go, he would run into a team that, that probably had a couple of other guys that could handle the ball. So um, I think if he, the more of a point guard he is, I think the higher he can be recruited. And I think that mid-major, that Mac level is a good, is a good level for him. So um you know, usually Northern Illinois is recruiting the region early. They're not really dipping down into Indianapolis too, right? Too soon, so um, or or as as much. Um, but no, I like Dantzler. I like him. I like him quite a bit. So um, Hart getting a Missouri Valley offer. That's 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 a sweet spot for him in, in recruiting wise. Um, I still, if I'm a high major, I'm taking a chance on them. I think the guy's got a little bit of stone cold killer in him, metaphorically speaking, of course. Um, he's definitely more athletic than what he looks, and he doesn't play with a lot of emotion. So there's sometimes where you wonder, you know, 
you know, is there really a burst there? And then all of a sudden he just bangs on you and you, you realize the kids, the, the, the kids different. And, um, you know, if he can shoot the ball, if he can approach shooting the ball on a level that like a Seijin shooting the ball, uh, now you've got a different story. But I mean, look, he had a game. I know he had a 40, 40 some point game in early July. And I think they said that something was like it was on 18 dribbles. So that was almost like that Clay Thompson number where he scored 60 some odd points on 12 dribbles. And that just shows his ability to shoot the ball, his ability to come off screens and, and just nail things off the catch and. And his athleticism, his, his first step, his ability to get by you. You can't be super aggressive closing out on him without just making decisions. This is how we're going to guard him. You know, we're either going to run him off the line. You, you, you got to have a plan with him. You're either going to run him off the line or you're going to make him shoot. You, you can't be haphazard about it because then he'll just beat you both ways. Um, sort of a pick your poison with him. I'd almost rather have him put the ball on the floor sometimes then uh, let him just catch and shoot. So, um, and my boy Beagle getting the Indiana yeah. Wesleyan offer. I mean, we're, we obviously, you praise the virtues of the Crossroads league often. I I'm a fan of that, that conference because I know how good the talent is in that league. And, and Beagle's one of the best shooters in the class. Um, be interesting for him physically. Both of his parents are tall. And he's not approached how tall his dad is yet. Both of his parents grew in college. So that could bode, <laughs> that could not help him, at least from the recruiting standpoint. Um, but I think before it's all said and done, Landon ends up being a legit 6'5". And I'll be anxious to see uh, when that happens and if, and as it does, uh, if that changes his recruiting at all. But uh, the way he shoots the ball is Huntington and Indiana Westland. It's good for them to be aggressive. And, and um, you know, he's, he's got a chance to be, you know, he's just a lights out shooter. He's, I don't know that he handles it as well as a season did at that age. Um, and, you know, defensively, he's going to, he's got some things to prove too. Um, and that's the sort of the same conversation. He's going to have to answer some of those questions. Uh, from you know before his recruiting starts to climb up the ladder a little bit but um, he's uh, that crossroads league is is I know he likes it I know he likes that league a lot he's grows up he's grown up in the middle of it yeah where he lives so yeah yeah so he spends a lot of time uh, in and around those campuses and I think both of his parents are Iowa grads so um, I think it was just a matter of time of really getting him on campus to where they could have a you know a structured visit so um, but, um, anyway, uh, anything else? Jalen Jackson, solid mid-major Jackson Edwards, solid mid-major. I mean, these guys are kind of coming in where we thought, yeah, maybe even a little higher than what we thought. Right. Yeah. 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 Probably. I mean, uh, the, question, the question mark with Jalen Jackson was always the shooting. And I mean, obviously he's, he's shown that this summer. So he, that's those offers are coming now. Yeah, I mean, I I thought Edwards was a definite D one. Um, I thought Jackson was too, and I think you agree with that, right? Yeah. Were you were you as on board with it as I was, or? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. Uh, I the shooting was always the, the thing with me as well, and I mean, uh, otherwise he's proved himself every every other way on the court. I feel like. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Love how Hardy works. Definitely so. how Hardy works. 
coaching changes, high school coaching changes. Um, 86 of them so far. 86? Yeah, 86 job changes so far. We're going to touch on a few. We're definitely not going to get to all of them. <laughs> Don't think we're going to get to half of them. I just think that one of the interesting dynamics that um, class basketball created was the caliber of jobs, especially the caliber of big school jobs versus small school jobs. And, and sometimes that I've got a couple of instances here on my list where that's the case. I think that plays a role in it. Um, what um, the one example I, I could come up with or the best example I could come up with was very early days of class basketball. Mike Wade was the head coach of Blue River Valley at a time when they had a nice run. They were, they probably were a couple of good Park Tudor teams away from being state champions. Not the Park Tudor won state titles in those days, but, but that was always their bugaboo, just getting over the hump against a, a good Indianapolis school. At the time, Park Tudor was 1A. Um, and when his class in 99 graduated from Blue River, Mike Wade left and took the Crown Point job. And a year later, he took the Kokomo job. Now, Kokomo was just, what, two years off of a state championship run or a state finals run? They were the last state finals. Uh, Single-class state champion was um, Bloomington North in 1997. Kokomo was runner-up. Two years later, Basil Mobby leaves to take the Lewis Cash job, where he then went on to win another championship and, and really – took Cass into some of the, probably the best basketball of, of their school's history. The, the kicker there is, is that here was Mike Wade, who took a small school to a very successful run at a small school, took the Kokomo job, you know, which you would consider that to be a, a major step up in terms of program success, facilities, support, et cetera, so forth. And then you get, Coach Mobby, who went from Kokomo to Lewis Cass, you know, there was some question at the time. Would he teach? Did he have to teach? Was he getting the schedule he wanted at Kokomo? Were they, were they not wanting him to not teach? You know, there were some issues there that, you know, coaches still go through. And it turns out Basil Mobby had the better job, <laughs> had the better job of the two. And class basketball has created this different hierarchy where jobs are no longer necessarily better just because they're at a bigger school. And, um, you know, so every year you get these coaching moves and there's usually a couple that stand out as that. And the one that I'm thinking of is involving Kokomo again, where Bobby Winnell leaves Kokomo to take the Taylor job. Uh, Bobby Winnell's son is, is going to be a senior this year. And I don't know that it's viewed that Kokomo has got a lot back other than what Bobby would have been. Um, they've got a trio of incoming juniors that, uh, I mean, they're decent, but they haven't done much at the varsity level yet. Um, so Bobby Winnell leaves Kokomo and takes the Taylor job. Then that creates a vacuum. John Peckinpah leaves Noblesville two years into his tenure there. Now, John played for me. There's a d disclosure there. Um, John takes the Kokomo job and everybody's, freaking out like why did he do that and what's that say about noblesville and all or you know his relationship with the school and the simple 
simple fact was is that John John lives in Kokomo. His wife is the girls' coach at Kokomo. Um, All logistics, yeah. And you know, sometimes it makes sense to move closer to home. In his case, like where he's currently living and not where he's from. But um, and then that created a void at, at Noblesville, which was then filled by Scott McClellan, who of course is you know, two years removed from, or a couple years removed from winning a state championship and, and really producing, um, again, some of the best basketball, the head coach, of some of the best basketball years that Morristown has seen. So it's jobs like that, that, that interests me uh, when we talk about coaching changes and, and, you know, I don't know any, any jobs. I mean, I've got a list of different, different items here to look at, but any, any job changes stand out to you? Uh, maybe one more recently with uh, Drew Schaus going to Avon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's leaving Logan sport, Logan sport. I don't want to bad talk him or anything, but I mean, the talent maybe for basketball is not really around right now. Uh, and even Avon has some guys coming in and they should be a little more talented than what Logan sport was going to be. Yeah. But they also play in, a, in what's well, very I mean, they both yeah. They both play in tough skates. Section. I mean, it's, then Sharon Wilkerson leaves Madison um, and takes the Logan Sport job. You right. know, it's funny, Sharon taking some heat from some people that I would say are Madison fans for kind of job hopping here lately. Um, whereas Madison's now on their, what, sixth coach in 10 years. So um, e- each environment's different. And Sharon called about the Logan Sport job and, and, told him that that would be a, a, a good situation. Of course, I didn't know for sure that Drew was moving on just yet. So I assumed that Drew was, and then, and then talked to Drew and sure enough, he was getting the Avon job. I thought he was getting the Tri-West job. It just slipped my mind that Avon was open. Um, but I thought Drew was getting the, the Tri-West job. So um, where'd Bontrager go? Montrager took an administrative position. He's, I think he's like a middle school AD now. Oh, okay, cool. Or he may have done something at Western Boone. I can't, yeah. can't remember. And that's, and that's one of the jobs that's still open. Um, that's the, the main job that's still open, although maybe Highland up in, up in the region. Yeah. Um, Tri West, primarily a football school. Yeah, Cherubusco is still open too. Cherubusco is still open. Uh, it says Franklin County's open, but it's not. Um, I'm going to tell you who they hired here in a minute. Mark Foster. Um, he's been an assistant there. And he's, um, he's and he played at Franklin Central or at Franklin County. So there, did I say Franklin Central at first? Franklin County. If I did, I didn't mean to. Chris Byers is still the head coach of Franklin Central. Sorry <laughs> if I said something wrong. Um, what about some first year head coaches? Any, I mean, I, we're not going to name all of them cause we're just not going to, we're not going to know that all of them are first year head coaches. Any, any, any that stand out to you? Yeah, there's a few actually from around up here. Uh, the first one I was, was looking at was, uh, Brandon Durnell at East Noble. Okay. High energy, high energy coach comes from spring Arbor. He's from Indiana already played in Fort Wayne. Uh, so he's a first year coach, uh, Derek Heinen. Another crossroads league player. Now he's a first year coach at Fairfield. He played at Columbia here. City, right? He, uh, yeah, Columbia City. 
and yep. then went to Huntington for a couple of years and then finished at St. Francis. Okay. Um, and then one more first year head coach up here for me was uh, Eric Gaff, which is also another crossroads league player who is now the coach at South Bend St. Joe. Okay. He was, he was a assistant under Mark for a couple seasons here. Recently. Was he okay? That, yeah, that part I didn't know. Um, and of course, Mark Johnson announced he was kind of retiring early. I think they kind of knew that was going on, right? That was, they yeah. announced it before the, before the start of the season, that would be his last year. Right. Um, and darn near took them to a state final. So, um, Others are first-year head coaches or Adrian Moss, who's now the head coach at Franklin, which he's a, he's a Whiteland grad, so not quite home, but, but definitely close to home. He had recently, most recently been an assistant at Fishers for Garrett Weiniger, and then he was with Garrett, too, at Warren Central. Uh, Nick uh, Heine, Heine Osa, Hosa, gosh, I'm going to, Hina Hosa, Hina Hosa. I'm going to, Nick, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because Nick's a young kid. He's a, he's a young guy. He's energetic. He's, he's been, he's coached at nearby at Cascade as an assistant. Um, he, he likes working guys out. He'll, he'll do a really good job at, at Monrovia. Um, Kyle Hankins, former Indiana all-star from Bloomington South who played at Moorhead state is now the head coach at, at Clarksville. And then Jacob Van Arsdale, whose dad was a longtime head coach at Lafayette Harrison is now the new head coach at West Lafayette. Jacob most recently had been an assistant at Carmel. So um, that's, um, you know, definitely, and that's two years in a row where Carmel has lost an assistant coach to pretty good program. I mean, West Lafayette, David Wood, <laughs> Woody had been coached there for, I want to say 30 years, it seems like. Uh, and, you know, Woody, Got to run the program the way he wanted to. It was, but it, West Lafayette is still primarily a football school, uh, at least athletically. High, high academic school uh, with, uh, with all their Purdue ties. And it seems to be if, you, if you're a professor at Purdue, you send your kids, you just stay on, on that side of the river and right. send your kids to West Lafayette. Uh, but those are the four first-year head coaches that I have, uh, Van Arsdale, Hankins, Inahosa, and, and Moss. So – uh, any, any, uh, any changes that catch your eye? Um, <clears throat> one that, kind of, even that I, surprised you, you know, just <laughs> some that surprised you. Yeah. I had, I had a couple maybe that kind of surprised me. Uh, Ed Bentley at Westview left or was asked to leave one of the two and, and Rob Yoder's coming back for another year to, I think he was over. asked to leave. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rob Yoder's coming back for a year to take over, uh, back over, I should say. Yeah. And then um, let's see. The other one I had was the Plymouth job. Ryan Bales took an AD spot at Northridge. So, yep. so uh, Joel Grindle's coming back to coach. Yeah. Always interesting when coaches get out and take administrative jobs. And I guess I, other than the pay, that's not something I'd ever want to do. Um, and maybe if you get tired of coaching, you get a little burned out. Maybe that's, maybe that's easier to do in that case. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't know that I want to be an administrator. I don't, I mean, I guess that's why I never went into the education route. This is just right. not something I ever wanted to be tied into. So, 
mentioned earlier, Tri West is still open. That's that's probably the biggest job that's open. Either that in Highland, um, up the region Highland, um, North Central. There was a late change there this year with Kevin with Jason Gardner taking a coaching position at Arizona, and then Kevin Gant, um, who I don't know who that is, but I, I will say this. Um, Wes Stowers is, was on staff there as their freshman coach last year, and I think he's moving up to be the JV coach, or at least he was under a, a Jason Gardner administration. He was pretty excited about Kevin getting that job. So I don't know Kevin at all, but people that are close to the program were pretty excited about him getting the job. I would have – well, I'm not going to say who I would have campaigned for because it's a current coach, and I don't want to freak anybody out. So um, the interesting two-step I thought was uh, Stangle – or was um, Byron Klaus leaving Hanover Central? This was before Babusiak left, right? Yeah. Yep. So Klaus leaves Hanover Central to take Portage. That kind of makes sense. It's Portage is a bigger school, maybe more pay. Uh, I don't, you know, don't know for sure on that end. But a lot of times, that's why you you make that change. And I think through, that, I think he has a connection to Portage somehow too. Does he? Okay. And then Stangle leaves Andrean. Um. After Babusiak leaves, Stangle leave, leaves Hanover Central. Stangle leaves Andrean for Hanover Central. <laughs> the only thing I can think of there is the old discussion I used to have with Bob Busher. Bob Busher was a longtime head coach at Andrean, longtime head coach at Chesterton. Before that, he was a head coach at Hamilton Heights, which is kind of how I knew who he was, and then got to know him during his Chesterton days. Uh, Stangle leaving Andrean. Bob always said it was it was imperative to be for him as a person to be in a public school system because of the retirement program. So I wonder there Stangle is a, if it's a pay issue, if it's a benefits issue, sometimes going the private school route doesn't get you all the nice little benefits that you get by being in a public school system. And, and I guess in some regards, also a teacher's union, right? Right. Are you part of a union? Negative. Negative. No. Hmm. Um, so maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know a couple of teachers at Hanover central, they, they seem to like it. So if Stangle's looking for that environment, then that, you know, that makes sense. And Hanover Central's growing and, and I wonder if they've got some talent coming up that maybe he thought that's a good way. Um, that's a good way to be in a locked in environment where he can have a feeder system. So, uh, Marty Beasley from, Carroll to the cow. That was the first domino to fall very, very early in this, this off season. And that surprised a lot of people. We, are we, were you surprised by that move? Uh, yeah, kind of. Cause at the time I was talking to Jalen Jackson a lot and he didn't mention it to me unless he didn't know, or he, he was told not to say anything. I mean, I could be. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, people have commented on that decision based on maybe some pay issues like better pay, not, not to not Carol, but sometimes other schools just offer more. And then maybe a better teaching schedule. You'd be surprised at how often the teaching schedule <laughs> motivates some of these coaches to either take jobs or start looking for jobs. And the idea when you start looking for jobs is that you then use it as leverage to get the teaching schedule you want. So, um, yeah, that, that, that surprised me. Uh, that was a big one for me. Uh, a couple of other big ones. Uh, John Ashworth leaving Decatur Central for Hamilton Southeastern. That to me makes sense just because I view HSC as probably a program that's that has a little bit more of a basketball tradition. They definitely have uh, two two large middle schools that uh, they use as a feeder system. Uh, 
there is some ambiguity in Fishers as to what high school you have to go to. So sometimes they even draw from each other's high schools or each other's middle schools there in Fishers <laughs> between Fishers and HSE. Um, Mooresville getting Shabazz Kalik from Richmond. That's kind of an unfortunate situation. I'm sure nobody wants to rehash that, but let's just say Kalik probably wasn't treated very well uh, to some degree um, by some of the local brass and not, and not the administration, though. The administration's a good administration, but just some of the locals making things different. And when I say administration, I mean in the building. I don't mean school board. I have no clue what their school board is like. But, but then that led the path, that opened the path for Billy Wright to return to Richmond. Billy Wright was on their state championship team, probably one of the best players to ever come through Richmond. Um, and he's the former Division I head coach and a former longtime Division I assistant coach. He brings in some great coaching chops. He's going to energize that program. No offense to Shabazz or, or anybody that was there before him. I think Billy will be able to do some things there to keep some of those kids in the city and, and keep them from straying to nearby communities. I mean, Northeastern has really benefited over the years with some kids uh, not being in Richmond. Um, and, and sometimes that's, that's uh, growing rural schools becoming bigger rural schools and becoming more attractive academically being, being more attractive culturally, maybe as they, as they start to get a little bit more diverse, um, you know, some of uh, the, some of those Richmond kids though, for a while there, some of them were going to Centerville and we'll get to Centerville here in a minute. Um, but, you know, Northeastern has definitely benefited from some kids leaving, leaving Richmond. And it'll be interesting to see if Billy can keep a lot of that, a lot of those young guys in. And I don't, I have no clue the quality of what they've got coming in. Um, but it would be imperative for somebody to go in there and just bring some energy and, and want those guys to stay home and play at the Tiernan Center. So um, Daleville hires a, a female coach. Um, is that the first ever? Do we know? I'm not sure if we know that or not. Got to be close if not. I mean, I think obviously we want that to be successful. It'd be nice if it could be. Uh, it is, regardless if it's the first time or, or if, it, if it's not the first time, that it certainly hasn't happened in 50 years, uh, at least on a permanent basis. Um, there have been some questions on if she was even a successful girls coach. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, she's going to get an opportunity there. I don't know what they've got coming back, but um, they um, – you know, they took a step. I, I know she had coached there at Daleville for their girls team for a couple of years. So she is not completely foreign to the community. She's definitely familiar. So good luck to her in that regard. And, it, you know, it'd be nice if she can be successful because I, there are some, there are some good uh, female girls coaches. Um, you know, there have been examples of Shane Sumter at Westfield. There've been examples of guys leaving the girls coaching side to be boys coaches and and have been successful. Shane Sumner's one of them at Westfield. He was he was very successful on the girls' side. And granted, he's benefited from coaching Braden Smith, but but that was part of the reason for hiring him is because um you know he could he was a good did a good job on the girls' side. So um of course HSC opened up when Brian Satterfield left the boys coach to be the girls coach. So any other uh, any others before we get 
talk about Centerville here real quick. Uh, a couple of the first year ones I know about from up here also. Argus, Gordon Mawson is gone, and uh, yep. Jason Jason Breeden has taken that job. Jason is a longtime assistant under Michael Edison at LaVille. So okay. uh, we'll see how he does there. And then another one of my buddies, Ryan M., is the new coach at Rushville. First year there. Wish him luck. Wish, wish him luck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wish him luck. That's not uh, good. People that maybe have a warped sense of where some of the basketball is in that area sometimes, but um, but um, you know, definitely some good people. You know, uh, I don't know they treated Doug Laker all that well. Um, Laker's a pretty blunt guy, so I could see that rubbing some people the wrong way. Um, but, um, you know, they also kind of ran Carrie Brown out of there, who's in my mind, you can, you've, you've got a chance to, yeah. were you on? Yeah, you got a chance yeah. to meet Carrie. Yeah. I mean, they kind of ran Carrie out of there a little bit. I doubt he wants that rehashed. Um, and they've not done much since he left. So, and they, they've, um, they lost a good one in Carrie Brown and, 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 you know, Doug's, uh, you know, Doug would have done a really good job there if he'd have had a chance to get some longevity there and some stability. So the Centerville situation, that's, that's one of the open jobs that's there. They hired a coach. They hired Mike King uh, a couple of weeks ago. And there was supposed to be a meet and greet here over the weekend that got canceled because he resigned over the weekend. Huh. And a big reason why he resigned was because there was a small group of parents that had decided to do uh, their own investigation because they weren't real satisfied with maybe his coaching resume. I don't know what that, what that means these days. Um, but basically they found something, they found a couple of things in his past, the keyword there is past that made them think that he was a questionable candidate and they went to work on it and they did a complete hatchet job on the guy. I don't know that he was ever in a position to where he could, address uh his one year at, at Shenandoah um the life of me I don't remember when it was let me see yeah Centerville is not he's not on there still I can't click on his I can't remember when he was the head coach at Shenandoah it may have been right before McCullough got there um but the the bottom line is and this happened to Shenandoah a few years ago uh when Marty Echobarger was at Frankfurt and was going to was drove to the school board meeting to accept the position. And there was a group of parents at Shenandoah that had banded that had done some research and found out that he was difficult to play for. Um, and they did a hatchet job on him in the school board meeting. They, so his, he took his family to the school board meeting. So th this is, so it's kind of ironic that it's happening now to a guy that was at Shenandoah for one year. This has nothing to do with the current people at Shenandoah, but, but, so Mike King evidently had an issue at Shenandoah where maybe he had some kids over at his house for a party. Um, and I got to believe that Centerville committee or the people involved at Centerville vetted that out. I got to believe they called Center or Shenandoah and asked them why, you know, why he was just there for one year. I got to believe they did that right. You would think they want to know bad enough. 14, 14 and 15 was the season he was there. 14, 15. So not too long ago. 
And obviously McCullough has done some really good things since he's been there, but um, you know, look, you, McCullough left Noblesville under some, you know, auspicious circumstances and Shenandoah took a chance on him. And, you know, you look, coaches do things. We all do things in our past that, that if they're isolated, they should be treated as such. Uh, and maybe there's something going on with, with Mike, with coach King that I don't know about, but, but for me, this seems like an isolated situation. And this is just a bunch of parents that didn't get the guy they wanted. And so now they, they've, they've, they've run off the guy they hired. They've already run off their, their longtime assistant who is a, I say he's a longtime assistant. I think he played there. Um, I'm going to have to go back and look at his name. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be able to find it in time, but it was a guy that played there. I think his last name Stewart played there and was an assistant there and wanted to be the head coach last year, but they didn't hire him. They didn't think he had outside experience. Um, I don't know why you need outside experience to be the head coach at a, at a two A school, um, especially one that hasn't um, consistently won since the mid two thousands. Um, certainly those were their best teams back in the Brandon Mays, uh, Earps and, and Tony centers deal or teams. Those were some really good teams in the mid two thousands they had. And, and they followed up with the Shouse brothers, you know, and even the Shouse teams weren't, weren't as good as those Mays led teams. Um, but those were still good teams and they just haven't had a lot since then. So I'm not sure what's going on at Centerville, why they felt like they needed to do a hatchet job on this guy. Um, I'm sure there'll be some information fly our way after we publish this podcast, maybe, <laughs> but, but, you know, the bottom line is, is you would think that the, the, hopefully the administration did vet it out, but from what I understand, it's just an isolated situation. It wasn't anything that, you know, it's not hugely criminal. Well, yes, you know, but I mean, it's nothing like having relations with improper relations with students, things like that. So, um, he's, he made a mistake and, you know, if he's, if he's still able to teach and still able to pass a background check, <laughs> I don't know why, what, what the big deal is. Um, maybe I'm just a little too cavalier, but, but it just seems like an isolated situation that's in his past. And I'm sure he's had a chance to answer to it. Um, and I think he just got tired of, of, the persecution that was going on behind the scenes. So here we are, Centerville, we are what a week away or maybe even a couple of days away from being in school and they don't have a basketball coach. Yep. So anyway, anything else stand out before we move on to our reads and call it a, call it a podcast. Uh, I think we covered a lot of the stuff we were, I was looking at. I mean, there's some other stuff in here we could touch on, but. It's yeah. Let's just let's just go for it. Let's just wrap it up and all right. Your box out read. Yeah, box out sports is leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your teams and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Get that going now. You can get that going for football, so you can get the kinks worked out for maybe basketball season in the winter, baseball, tennis, anything, softball. Boxoutsports.com. 
Courtset Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe to each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We definitely would appreciate a rating and review, and, and uh, as well as a subscription, as well as subscribing to the, the site. Obviously, subscribing to the, to the, uh, the feed is free. Uh, we're looking forward to um, getting our content going back on the website and heading into the school season or heading into the school year. Yeah, focusing on the recruiting stuff that's going on, but, um, you know, definitely, um, definitely looking forward to high school basketball again. (laughs) It it always seems like I'm so tired after July. And then after a couple of weeks, it's like, okay, we're ready to get back going again. So, but uh, Zach, what do you got coming up this week besides school? Anything besides school or is it just going to be that? Nope. Just school open house tomorrow night. So getting things fired up. Well, those that listen every week, we appreciate it. And those that are listening for the first time, hope you come back. And like we said earlier, subscribe to the podcast. So other than that, Zach, have a good week. And everybody thanks else, thanks. Too. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye.